Lights, camera, action. Everybody. Hey guys. Welcome back to the podcast. We hope you've had a great week and we're hoping that today you will be our neighbors. Today we are going to be talking about Tom Hanks' movie A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood which covers Mr. Rogers and a beautiful story of how he worked with a reporter and kind of touched his life. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. All right, so for introductory details, I have that the movie was released not that long ago, actually, on November 22nd, 2019. It was directed by Marielle Heller. It is starring Tom Hanks. I'm, I'm going to get this last name wrong, probably. Matthew Rice? Riz? I don't know. Rice? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> R-H-Y-S is how you spell it. Um, Chris Cooper and Susan Watson. It was distributed by Sony Pictures. It has a runtime of one hour and 48 minutes. It is rated PG. It had a budget of $25 million and the box office total was $68.4 million. So I don't have... A what was the budget? $25 million. So not, wow. not a ton. Yeah, but it's still, even that seems high. I mean, for the movie itself, but... I guess just I'm thinking in comparison to the other movies we've well, covered. Well, yes, yes, I agree. But I mean, yeah, anyways. So I don't have a ton of fun facts compared to normal, but the ones that I found are pretty interesting still. Okay. So the first one is that, and John, you might have a little bit on, a little more on this than I do, but <laughs> um, they actually filmed the Mr. Rogers show, like set scenes when Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers is like doing his show, you know, right. Whatever that's called studio scenes, I guess. Yeah. They shot those scenes in the exact same studio that the actual Mr. Rogers show was shot. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then the art department recreated, um, a lot of stuff like by hand just to make it look as close to the original. But one thing that I thought was cool is, um, so they didn't, they weren't able to use the actual like same puppets that were in the show, like the original show. Right. Um, so they hired, um, a man named Spencer Lott to recreate the puppets to be as close to the originals as they could. Um, but he is actually, Spencer Lott is actually the, um, one of the people who created the puppets for Sesame Street. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so Joanne Rogers, who is Fred Rogers' widow, said that Tom Hanks was like the perfect person to play her husband. And she actually served as a consultant for the film. And she gifted several of Fred Rogers' neckties to Tom Hanks, which he wore in the film. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, next, Tom Hanks said that the hardest part of playing Fred Rogers was like slowing down the tempo of his speech, which if you've seen the movie, like he does, he's in, if you see, have seen the show that Mr. Rogers, sorry, Mr. Rogers um, had, he just talks really slowly, partially because it's a children's show, but that's also kind of just how he was. He was very mellow and soft-spoken. Yeah. Um, so Tom said that was really difficult to do. Um, he's just not used to that. So he said that he would do meditation and relaxation exercises before filming each time to kind of help him get into character. Okay. Um, 
Then, days before the film premiered, Ancestry confirmed that Tom Hanks and Fred Rogers are actually sixth cousins. I did hear that. Um, I remember the news articles, you know, the headlines making the rounds whenever that was discovered and Mm -hmm. that Tom was like really excited about it. And um, this is actually not the first time that Tom has played one of his distant relatives. Yeah. Because if you have watched, I believe it's Saving Mr. Banks. Oh, with, yeah. About Walt Disney. Walt Disney, yeah. He's also a distant relative of Walt Disney. Yeah, very interesting. There's another one, too, that I read, but I can't remember who it was or what movie it was. Yeah. I, I do question at what point do we draw the line, you know, because like, hey, that's cool. Like, you're a distant relative of so-and-so, but if you turn back the clock, like, in actuality, like, we're all distant relatives. We're of all each other. distant relatives <laughs> of each other. If you go far back enough to, you know, Noah and the Ark, that's where we all can trace our lineages to of modern days. And it, I don't know. It's like, hey, that's a cool little fun fact. But I think it just kind of is a nice little PR piece. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I guess we'll see if Tom Hanks' next movie it's announced that he's like a twelfth cousin with so and so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my next one is that so the minute of silence in the restaurant where um Mr. Rogers says to, you know, like take a moment to think about the people who loved us into being. Um, that minute um long scene actually as it was just like getting quiet in the restaurant, it featured all the people who had worked with Fred Rogers on his show and was done in memory of him. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's really, really cool. And then my last one is that Tom Hanks was the actor that the writer, directors, producers, whatever, had in mind to play Fred Rogers from the beginning. But he actually turned down the role three times before he actually accepted it. Um, So the director, Mariel Heller, decided to give it one more shot after the first three times of asking him and kind of just talk to him about how it would not be like a biopic about um, Fred Rogers like life necessarily, right. but that it would be more of like a um, just a movie about a character relationship piece between Lloyd, the reporter in the movie and Fred Rogers. So she didn't want Tom to feel pressured to be an imitation of Fred the whole time. So Tom ended up agreeing. So it didn't I couldn't really find exactly why he turned it down, but just based off of that, I would guess that he just was kind of intimidated um just by cuz like playing Fred Rogers is a big deal. Like he was huge, like a very successful um children's um yeah. role model and, you know, personality and things. So I think maybe it was just like an intimidating thought to him to yeah. play that and play it well. Yeah. And I, I think that says a lot about Tom Hanks too, just in the sense that I think it goes without saying that obviously like doing that role, playing Fred Rogers would be a huge opportunity for anybody. And I'm certain that there are a lot of actors who would have jumped as soon as they heard about it. You know, if they were given the opportunity that they would have said yes immediately. But I think that shows a lot of maturity and wisdom on Tom's side just in kind of weighing it out and saying like, no, I don't want to, recognizing the weight of the role that he'd be playing because Fred Rogers was a special person. Um, There's not ever been a TV show quite like that 
at all. I mean, and I don't remember what year it stopped airing, but it's been, you know, a couple decades at least um, since he was regularly on air, probably more. And um, I, I don't know that anybody's truly had an impact on society in that way. So to, to recognize and say, hey, actually, no, I don't want to do that, um, understanding that it is a big deal. I, I think that says a lot about Tom. Yeah, I agree. I love Tom Hanks as an actor. Um, but to answer your question, I just looked it up. And so Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, the show, um, was broadcast from 1968 to 1976. And then again from 1979 to 2001. So you're right, a couple decades yeah. ago. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I think that's really cool. And I think it's especially cool that he did sign on to do it because I'm sure there's probably somebody out there who could have done it well, but uh, Tom did a phenomenal job. Yeah, there are times in the movie where, like, every time I watch it, I, it's almost, like, creepy how much he resembles Mr. Rogers because, like, I just, I grew up watching that show, and um, yeah. I, I mean, I know that they don't look exactly alike, but I think the makeup and hair department did a really great job of yeah. making them look as similar as they could um, because there are certain scenes where it's like, okay, it's almost uncanny. Yes. Um, just like the mannerisms and the, um, the looks and things. But yes. That is all the fun facts that I have. Okay. Well, my production details are essentially non-existent because um, I mean, we've already covered pretty much all the details and the fun facts that you had, which is okay, because there really aren't any production details. This is a very straightforward movie in the sense that they hired actors, they were on a soundstage, they recorded the film. Mm-hmm. There's not loads of visual effects, there's not a lot of like, um, whether it's practical or, you know, CGI, there, there's really not a whole lot going on. It's just acting. So... Principal photography began on September 10th in 2018. Uh, They were shooting on location in Pittsburgh. However, they did make some large set pieces in Pittsburgh to make it look like New York City because that's where the movie is set. Um, And as you said earlier, some scenes from the movie were actually shot at Fred Rogers Studio at WQED where Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, the show, was originally filmed. And production wrapped on November 9th, 2018. And that's all I have for production details. <laughs> um, there, there were a couple other odds and ends here and there, but they really aren't production details. They were just kind of relative to like getting the cast on board. And mm. um, there was like a death of an audio engineer while the movie was being made. But mm-hmm. um, which it was actually very tragic um, to read about that. However... None of it was really relevant to the actual production of the movie, so to speak. So Mm -hmm. outside of that, I don't have much else to offer. One thing that I didn't say that um, I wondered if you were going to say, so I just didn't put it in my notes, Okay, was that um, this whole movie is based on a true story. Like they, um, I can't remember the actual reporter's name because I changed his name for the movie. Yes. I think it was Tom something. Um, But he was an actual reporter that was writing an article about heroes, you know, and um, that he was like his reputation was not great. Like he was kind of 
for lack of better words, a stinker. <laughs> and yeah, well, he he kind of targeted people yeah. when writing news pieces. Yeah. So um, a lot of this stuff um, is that's portrayed in the movie was actually true. Obviously, they added different things and they took out some things, but it was based off of a true story. And um, Fred and Tom, it the not Tom Hanks, but Tom, the reporter, if I'm saying his name right. Is it Tom? Did you look it up? No, oh. I didn't look it up. Um, so Fred and Tom really did have a really good friendship. And Tom said in an interview about the movie that um, he could see himself in the character Lloyd just because they did such a good job with um, just the way that they portrayed him, the way that they wrote his character. He said that it was a very accurate representation of himself, he would say. And um, that he, he also said that he, he couldn't have asked for a better portrayal of his friendship with Fred Rogers on the screen. Like he said that it was just like perfect. Well, so, good. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is actually a movie that M picked out when we were creating our schedule for season one. So I'm going to ask you first, how would you score this movie on a scale of one to 100? It's really hard because I don't know that there's necessarily much that I would change about it. Yeah. Um, it's just very nostalgic to me. And one, I think one reason why I really, really like it is because like going into the movies, when I because I saw this in theaters when it came out at yeah. first, um, I kind of went into it like thinking, oh, this is going to be a documentary about Fred Rogers life. Right. And it was like exactly the opposite. Like it wasn't it was honestly more about Lloyd the reporter than it was about Fred. And right. um, it was just like not at all what I was expecting, but in a good way. Um, just because like, like I said, I just went into it thinking, oh, I'm just going to learn about, you know, behind the scenes things and, you know, just like things about the production of my favorite childhood TV show. But that was like not at all what it was. So sorry, long story short, I think I would probably rate it like a, uh, I don't know, maybe like. Here, would, would it help if I give my rating first to maybe. Like, if you're feeling guilty about giving it a lower score. Go ahead. Okay. So, I have thought about this some, and um, I agree with you. It is hard, because this is a really good movie. But I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to give this just an even 90. And that's not to say that I have any gripes about this movie, or that I think it should be done better in certain parts or anything like that. Like, I have no complaints. This is a fen phenomenal movie. It's acted well. It's directed well. It's written well. It's shot well. The cinematography is great. Um, and it, it's okay because to give it a lower score, given that I have no complaints, just because I do want to continue to have room on the scale for movies. I, I think it's important that we kind of judge them like with the the full scale in mind as opposed to like each movie individually because it's mm -hmm. easy to just say like oh this is a perfect movie right um just because i don't have any complaints so uh this movie is phenomenal uh it's it's not an interstellar but that doesn't mean it's not a good movie right yeah i was actually before you said that 
I was thinking about giving it like a 91 or a 90. So, yeah. Yeah. So what are some of your favorite scenes? So <clears throat> I, I would say that I, I probably only have one scene in particular that's my favorite. Um, I think the movie as a whole is really solid and I thoroughly enjoy it. it it's a very different movie. Um, it's almost a cathartic experience watching the movie as a whole. Like it, it's so different than other movies, especially when Mr. Rogers is on screen. And I guess that's kind of how I would describe Mr. Rogers show in general is kind of a cathartic experience. It's, it's relaxing, uh, kind of an escape from life, so to speak, and kind of the hustle and bustle because it is so different. Um, and I very much feel the same way about like when I was a child watching Bear in the Big Blue House. Um, just these, these shows that were very intentional in engaging with the audience in a very real way, but also like a gentle and sensitive, but not in a way that like talked down to children. It actually like very often talked up to children, which I believe is very important. Um, and you know, I guess another similarity between Mr. Rogers neighborhood and bear in the big blue house is that those shows have both been noted to be extremely helpful and some of the favorite shows for children with autism because there's not a lot of um, loud craziness going on constantly and that those characters are directly connecting with the individual watching. And I felt like the movie really captured that well. Um, Whenever the movie is kind of simulating Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, the TV show, it feels exactly like it. and I think that's really, really cool. Uh, um, just the feeling of this is something entirely different. And I also think that what you said is very true, that the movie is about Lloyd more than it is Mr. Rogers. And I think that's really special. And it ties in directly to what my favorite scene in the movie is. So my absolute favorite scene in the movie is at the very, very end of the movie when Lloyd finds out that his father is kind of on his deathbed and Lloyd chooses to go and see him. Well, at this point in the movie, Lloyd and uh, Fred Rogers have kind of developed a relationship. They've seen each other many, many times. And um, actually Lloyd had stayed at their house by that point. So they were close to a certain extent. Um, And Mr. Rogers ends up coming to Lloyd's father's house where he is. And he spends some time with Lloyd, and he spends some time with his father, who's played by Chris Cooper. And for having a very minimal role in the movie, I really love just Chris Cooper does a phenomenal job with the character. Mm -hmm. I think he's a great actor in pretty much every movie I've seen him in. He just does a good job in whatever Mm -hmm. he's doing. But my favorite scene is when Fred... Um, is talking with Lloyd's dad, and it's just the two of them. Lloyd isn't there, it's just the two of them. He kind of gives him a hug and, you know, talks in his ear. And um, someone asks him, I think it was Lloyd, when Fred is leaving, he walks out. And um, Lloyd asks him what he said to his dad. And Mr. Rogers says, "I I asked him to pray for me. I... I figure that somebody who's in his situation is very close to God. And 
it that really for me that was just a really special moment to hear um it really penetrated my heart uh, just thinking about that cuz it's not something i've ever ever really thought about in in that context i guess but it is really true and having experienced some really um challenging health issues throughout my life my life has kind of been defined by that for a large portion and I don't know that I've really talked about that on the podcast before but um it is true just the the idea that there are people who when faced with some of the suffering in life and the hardships um choose to um rely on God they choose to go to him with their heartache their struggle and their burden and even in the midst of struggling and even in the midst of suffering, that there can be peace and that there can be a firm foundation, you know, a peace that passes understanding. Uh, uh, I mean, just Paul refers to it in the New Testament as, I mean, it's, it really is a joy. Um, it is a privilege to suffer for the kingdom of God. And so, just that scene in particular really hit home with me that I asked him to pray for me because someone in that position is close to God. I mean, that it's just really, really cool. Just really, really cool to think about somebody um, recognizing that he is still bound by sin, that he is still here on earth, and that um, he needs every, every bit of help that he can get. and. Um, I, I don't know. It just, that, that one really hit home with me. Well, that kind of ties in with, um, what I was going to say next. This isn't necessarily a scene. It's just like, I really appreciated it in the movie, just that they did choose to incorporate Fred's faith. And I think honestly, it'd be kind of hard not to like making a documentary or a movie about Fred Rogers. Like, I think it'd be very difficult to not because it was who he was. Um, right. But I just really appreciated that um, they chose to do that. And just like a few things that I was reading up on when I was researching for the movie, one thing that was really cool is that, um, um, that like he, that the fact that they included him praying by his bedside, like for people by name. Yeah. Um, that was another one of my favorite scenes too. Yeah. I I really appreciate that. And I mean, it's something that he actually did in real life, like the real Fred Rogers did. And right. he also like took pictures of everyone he met in order to remember them and who they were, but also to show his wife, Joanne, who he met that day, right. which I thought was really sweet. Right. Um, And then also like one thing that I thought was really cool that I was reading was that like um, and you kind of touched on this too, that, um, his show helped a lot of people that had like, um, like special needs and things. But one thing, um, that I found while I was researching is that he, uh, developed a really close relationship with like a child who had cerebral palsy. And also he like taught a blind child, like how to pray, who didn't know how to pray. And like, it was just like, right really cool like small things like that that he just like was very intentional about in during his time here on earth and yep um so 
I just appreciated that they incorporated that. And it wasn't like a little like offhanded, like, oh, yeah, and he's a Christian. Like they actually. They like, explored it. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. I think I really appreciated that they included in there. Um, I think it was Lloyd asking Mrs. Rogers when he woke up at their house just about Fred. And she said, oh, you know, he, he's not perfect and that he he has a temper and mm-hmm. um, especially early on in their marriage, that that was something that he really struggled with was his temper. And Lloyd kind of asked, like, well, what what helped him? And um, she said, well, he would swim laps and that helped him quite a bit at, at the pool and also that he prayed. And that was what she named primarily as the thing that helped him most was mm-hmm. that he he chose to channel his energy into just praying for other people. Mm-hmm. And I think one, I mean, it's obviously, it's really, really cool that they included it because it's a huge part of his life and who he was, was just his relationship with God. But additionally, I think as humans, we have a tendency to elevate people beyond reality. And I think especially people who um, are not, believers who who aren't christians um you know i i've seen celebrities uh, like when when this movie was coming out there were celebrities that would like tweet about mr rogers and his legacy and who he was and stuff and just like referring to him as this perfect man and all this stuff and it's like hey like he was a man he was not perfect and these were his struggles and it's just i think a sobering reminder um for everybody that like no, it was not that he was just born this one particular way and that he was this absolutely special person who you can never attain to be, um, but that he had struggles just like you and I and that he chose to channel his energy into serving other people instead mm-hmm. and that you have the opportunity to do that too, um, that it is something that's very attainable and very real if you choose to do it. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any other like scenes that you want to talk about? Favorite scenes of the movie? No, I don't think so. Um, There's nothing in particular, but what I do, I guess, want to touch on is just, I mean, we've talked a lot about Mr. Rogers and just the show, how he's helped special needs children and just kind of what, how special his show was, that there hasn't really been anything like that exactly. And it, I think what's really cool is that his legacy goes on even today. Obviously, like, his show still, you know, like, they do reruns and you can buy the DVDs and stuff like that. And obviously, we're talking about a movie that was made uh, to honor him, essentially, and tell his story. But, um, like, a cartoon that's on today, Daniel Tiger, that is a part of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. He wears a red sweatshirt and, you know... And he's the puppet in the... Exactly. Show. He's he's the puppet in the show. And um, I, I think it's really cool that even today that there is a show that's still tethered to Mr. Rogers and mm-hmm. that has the goal of teaching children how to properly regulate their emotions, because that is huge. That's really, mm-hmm. really important, especially when you think about kind of the evolution of parenting and how society has progressed as technology has progressed. And how the easy button when parents don't know what to do with their kids is just to kind of plop them in front of a TV. 
I think every parent um, would admit that they're guilty of doing that, 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 you know, it's an easy way to keep them entertained because, you know, chores are real. You still have to get chores done around the house and everybody works and everything else. And it's an easy way to catch your breath. I'm definitely not like shaming parents who do that because my parents did it and I have great parents. But um, I think that it's really cool that that continues to go on, that there is a show that teaches that because it is a big deal. And sometimes it's easy to miss those important lessons as a parent that you get caught up and busy in life. And uh, so having a show that is intentional in teaching kids like, hey, you're not this horrible person just because you're sad or, you know, you're angry. Like, that's normal for everybody to feel that way. But how you choose to, to use that emotion does matter and that it can be wrong or right if you're angry to do this or to do that. And, you know, the right responses to those things is huge. And just on that note, I think to just, that Mr. Rogers really did help drive home the idea that human life matters, that the people around you are important, that they can be your neighbors, so to speak, and that they don't have to be a stranger, and that it is a, it is a privilege to get to know the people that you're surrounded by and that their lives matter, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I have one more fun fact, or not fun fact favorite scene that I wanted to say yeah um so I think probably one of my top favorite scenes in the whole movie is when um Lloyd and Fred are on the subway and somebody notices like oh hey it's Mr. Rogers and then they start singing the song it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood yeah and then like everyone on the subway ends up chiming in and singing I just think it's really cool because like it just shows how much that show Mr. Rogers Neighborhood was um like like everybody knew it everybody had seen it and like it's like little kids were singing it on the subway but also like older people were singing it like yeah. it just like and people that like looked like a little more intimidating were singing it like it just shows how it can like really bring everyone together and how it, I mean how it did bring everyone together and um I just really appreciated that it it was a really cool scene yeah I agree it, it's a really special scene because I think that really speaks to the legacy of Mr. Rogers as well and I think that that scene kind of encaps encapsulates what his goal in life was to do which was to show love and kindness to others and I think that that is something that we should really, as a people, as a society, and especially as Christians, that we should focus on doing for those that are around us, which is that, hey, whether it's a little kid or it's somebody who's had, you know, a really rough life or somebody who's had a great life or, you know, whatever the case may be, to love on those people, to encourage them and you know, to build them up in whatever way that we can, because our words do matter. Um, and that's not to say that you enable anything that anybody does, like obviously right and wrong still have a place in all of this. But the key fact remains that loving other people, the words you say, do have an impact on their life. And 
the choice to be kind is one that truly does matter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap this up? I think that's everything. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Um, next week, we are going to have another guest in the studio. Um, our final guest for this season. So we are almost wrapped up with season one. This episode is episode 18. Next week, we got episode 19, which we're going to be covering American Underdog, our first ever sports movie. Um, it's the story of how Kurt Warner came into the NFL and honestly dominated for a while. We're going to have a guest in the studio. We're really excited about that. And then episode 20 is going to be our final episode for this season. So make sure to tune in next week. Um, Please give us a like, thumbs up, comment, um, and, you know, tell your friends. If you've been enjoying our podcast, we've had a lot of people that have said, hey, I heard about you from so-and-so, and we really appreciate that. Um, So anyways, we hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.